1: or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357 or email us at talk at wdws.com Now, filling in for Brian Barnhart this morning is your host Scott Beatty
2: Hey, happy Monday. Bright and sunny. A crisp fall day. What a way to start the week. We're so glad you're here. Brian is back tomorrow. Planned day off with the opportunity to take a long weekend due to no Illinois football. So fill it in here this morning with Lauren Tate. Monday morning quarterbacks as we do throughout the season on a Monday. Monday. That's my second go-around with you on a Monday.
3: Yeah, where do you want to start? you got about a hundred different ways. No
2: kidding. We've got college football to talk about. We've got the NFL. We've got Major League Baseball. Chris Thomas, Illinois volleyball coach, is going to join us live here at the bottom of the hour. They're off to a 2-0 Big Ten start, beating Maryland and Northwestern,
3: and Central Football had a... Disappointing outcome, but oh, an otherwise boy. beautiful day on Saturday. Yeah, a nice day, but they gave up sixty-nine points. I, I was there for the first touchdown at least. I saw them get <laughs> ahead. They were ahead seven to nothing. That yeah. didn't last long.
2: If they would have ended the game then, it would have. They would have <laughs> felt good. But I think everything else was a, was a good day there at McKinley Field for their first varsity game over there. So those are just. Some of the directions that we could go, 217-356-9397 is the number. Castle Heating and Cooling text line is 217-351-5357. How about your day yesterday? Why don't we
3: start there? Well, I'll tell you what. I went to the Bear game, and, and I will tell you that, that I'm happy to report that the Bears beat Lovey in Houston. <laughs> Lovey Smith uh, is the coach of uh, the Houston team, and They didn't look very good, and the Bears didn't look very good, and the Bears won with a kick at the very end after an interception. I came away with one feeling that, is it really true? And I think Boomer Esiason said this. Is Chicago where quarterbacks go to die? Fields looked not like a pro quarterback. He just didn't. I mean, he threw the ball poorly. He threw for 99 yards or something for the game. Uh, and it makes you wonder, if you look back on all these quarterbacks they've had going back to Jim McMahon, Harbaugh, McNown, Grossman, Trubisky, now feels all drafted with the idea that this is the guy that's going to take us where? <laughs> <I> <laughs> back to the Super Bowl. But. Yeah, well, I don't I don't think they're going there. And and this was a win, but it was not impressive. You walk away with the, with the realization that the Bears aren't going to win the division by any means. Nope. And then you watch uh, last night, I saw... Uh, Got home in time, just in time to see the end of the uh, of the Green Bay win over uh, uh, the uh, Dolphin Tampa Bay, Uh and there again, uh, a very interesting game because it was 14 to three with with minutes to go, two minutes to go, and wound up revolving around a two point conversion that wasn't made, 14 to 12. So Brady marched them down the field, just like he always does, scored three points in the first 58 minutes, scored a touchdown in the last minute, and what happened? They took too much time getting ready for the conversion, Had they got penalized five yards. Instead of it being a three-yard play, it was an eight-yard play, and the pass was knocked down, and that was the end of the game.
2: You know, the Bears did something smart there at the end in terms of game management, because they were talking about on the telecast, and I don't know if you were – uh, th- no, thinking I about wasn't it. Aware of the telecast. Well, right, but I don't know if you were thinking about this as you were watching. So the Bears are in the red zone with whatever was left in the ball game. Yeah, it was a tie game. Yeah, and uh, the, I don't know, it was a minute or so, uh-huh. and and they're talking about will the Texans just let them score? And the Bears said, we're not going to even try to score. We're going to take our knee, uh-huh. bleed the clock down and to three seconds, and kick yeah. the field goal. And in that sense, in that instance. The worst that happens is you go to overtime. Mm -hmm. If you miss the field goal, which was a chip shot, you shouldn't. Mm -hmm. NFL kickers shouldn't miss it, but stranger things happen. Uh, But but they were not going to do the old, uh, you know, here part the sea here and just walk into the end zone and so we can get the ball back.
3: Well, I will tell you, when Smith intercepted it, he intended to score. He tried to score. They tackled him. <laughs> yes,
2: yeah, and he could have. I mean, it was it was close. I it mean, was an arm tackle by the quarterback mm-hmm. uh, Mills, the the mm-hmm. Texans' quarterback, just kind of yep. reached his arm out and yep. somehow stopped a linebacker. I don't quite get the physics of the whole thing.
3: Well, they get off balance when they're running. You know, yeah, I know they're not used to doing it. But it was a good win for the Bears, but not encouraging in the long term. And I don't mean to, you know, to, to spoil anybody's fun, but. The Bears aren't gonna. You know, this is not going to be a great season for the Bears unless they get more quarterback. And, and and the protection is not particularly good, and the passing is not particularly good. Now they run the ball pretty good, and even though Montgomery got hurt, they they continue to run the ball with Herbert, and they were effective running the ball, and that's good. Yeah. But I I, I mean, in, in that league, you better be able to pass the ball.
2: And the problem to me is Justin Fields. There's just not a it factor yet. In terms of I want to say moxie in the pocket uh presence there just just making the right decisions all the time he's he can he could throw the ball as well as anybody He can move you know he can and he he's the first one that said I played like trash yeah. he was not complimentary of his own mm-hmm. football and and it felt like a as close to a loss as you can get while winning a football game
3: you know going back to college football you know one of the most impressive things on Saturday was. The guy's name is Martinez. He used to be a quarterback for Nebraska. He just was sensational, and Kansas State upset Oklahoma. What a win. And he, he had four, what four touchdowns. I mean he ran for 148 yards. He threw the ball well too. I mean he was sensational. Where was he, you know was he the reason that Nebraska had all those bad seasons? He was there four years. This is his fifth year, and here he is. And, you know, he he was. Kansas State looked really good. I suspect there was multiple layers to the
2: failure at Nebraska. You think so? Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Uh, but that's a feel good story because yep. Kansas State is. Well, how can you not feel good about Kansas State? Mm-hmm. I mean, they wear purple and Kansas. Kansas <laughs> is four and
3: Yes. Basketball school, right? Yeah, the state of Kansas has all of a sudden risen up in football here. Lance Leipold, salt of the earth,
2: former Division three
3: head football coach. How long will he be there? That's the question.
2: Uh, you mean when does he start in Lincoln? What's no. his start date? <laughs>
3: well, you know, it'd be hard to stay in the Big 12 when the Big Ten's going to have all the money. <laughs> <laughs> There's another opening today, too,
2: in yeah. college football. Yeah. Jeff another Collins. Another yeah. head football coach fired. We're not done with September. What is that, five? I don't three, know. Five, is that what it is? I,
3: Georgia Tech's looking now. That makes a difference. Colorado hadn't fired Durrell yet, by the way. Oh, that's true. That's still open. But he he's... I mean, I don't think that he'll be retained. It doesn't look like it. Yeah. Georgia might, Tech's I'm,
2: head football coach fired. And and the leading candidate is primetime Deion, Deion Sanders. Deion
3: Sanders, you're right. You say leading. He's one of four candidates I saw. Yeah. Well, He might be the leading
2: candidate. He's column. the only one I saw in the headlines, so it's, therefore he must be. Well, Deion gets the headlines
3: no matter what, right? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh, uh, three five six nine three nine seven is the number if you want to join us on a Monday Morning Quarterbacks edition of A Penny for your thoughts. We do this every Monday during the season. Brian usually here. He'll be back tomorrow. And we go to the phones. Keith is with us. Good morning, Keith. Welcome to Monday Morning Quarterbacks.
4: Yes, good morning. This is uh, a question, Connor, for Lauren. Lauren watching the game and a lot of the college games, the linemen seem to be wearing knee braces, which is probably a very good idea. Mm-hmm. Is there a, a, a rule or now for the NCAA for college wearing knee braces in the line? But I watched the a pro game yesterday, and those are not. So
3: well, I don't, think the there's a, I don't think there's a rule the on it. I just think it's, it's a protective thing that a lot of coaches want to use. I don't, I don't, I, I've never heard that it. it's a, any kind of an NCAA rule that you have to have a knee yeah. brace.
4: No, I think it's,
3: yeah, it's a good idea. I think. Yeah. Well, I I think for linemen it is. Yeah, especially. I don't know if you'd want it for for receivers or somebody you know that's running an awful lot. Yeah. I I don't think.
2: Well, look at the 49ers yeah. lineman last night. He got rolled up on and almost got carted off the field. He ended up walking off, but you saw how his lent leg got bent in a way it shouldn't get bent because yeah. somebody rolled yeah. onto him.
4: Uh, Brady tore up a knee brace uh, yesterday, sliding on it, and had to put a new one on, probably sprung it out of uh, alignment. But uh, it's probably a good idea for any of these guys that uh, got a lot of tonnage.
3: Well, yeah, as, as I said, the, the, a lot of coaches, and, and in practice, say they, they, all the linemen do it in practice. Yes. Yeah. Don't want them okay. to get hurt. And by the way, the Alani got out of their game Thursday. As far as I know, and far as we know, no injuries. I think that they're Good. as healthy as uh, coming out as they were going in, and I don't know if they're going to get Josh McRae back this week. But they're they're going they're going to Wisconsin with a pretty solid ball club.
2: Okay, thanks for your answer. Yep,
3: yeah. thank you, Keith, for calling. That's it's really you know it's critical uh, that Illinois avoid injuries because the the one weakness the biggest weakness of the team is depth.
2: Yep, and I am a bit con I would be a bit concerned too about running back depth. I'm not yeah. I'm not saying Reggie Love and Chase Hayden. Uh, They're just a step below. Uh, well, first of all, Chase Brown is still leading the country in rushing yards. Mm-hmm. And no matter the competition, that's something. Okay? By the
3: way, did you see the top ten fiber from the Big Ten? Yeah. And Abraham's number two from Minnesota.
2: Braden Allen from uh, Wisconsin is in. And I
3: read this morning that there are probably 15 running backs ahead of Chase Brown for the NFL in the nation.
2: In terms of scouts or, or whatever? Yeah, and yeah,
3: yeah. And I don't know how accurate that is, and I. But I, you know, we here here he is as a as a candidate for all Big Ten running back, which in the running backs in the Big Ten are, be, are the best in the nation, maybe, at least they're, as in terms of their production so far. Maybe they're not the best in the nation, but they are in terms of production. When you have five of the top ten, it, it indicates something else too. That this is a running league. This is a league where the the running game is is. Foremost in many cases. Yep. Not at Purdue, <laughs> but most cases.
2: Well, Purdue this week, though, won by rushing. Mm-hmm. They did not have a good passing day.
3: Well, they didn't have their quarterback.
2: Yep. Uh, Aiden that o- helps. Aiden O'Connell was out. <laughs> yep. Um, and so they turned to the run game. Uh, Dave Revson called it they won with their offhand mm-hmm. by using the, the run game. And, and, and they barely won. And Jeff yeah, Brom a, was not too happy.
3: Well, Florida Atlantic's not a great team, yeah. okay, and and Florida Atlantic could win, could have won the game. They were in position to win the game real late, and things just didn't work out for them. I forget was it a fourth and one play? I've, there was something that happened real late in that ball game that that uh, turned the game in their favor and and produced favor. But uh, in any case, I, maybe they fumbled on fourth and one. I Too many games at once. I was trying to watch Northwestern and Purdue at the same time at the end of those games. On purpose? How how did Northwestern come out? I never did (laughs) it (laughs) hurt. They lost on, well, ultimately
2: a fumble Uh on the last play of the game or second to last play of the game, but it was a desperation play at the time too. That's
3: two really bad losses. (laughs) They lost to SIU the previous week. That's a head-scratcher to me because – they ought to be better than those. Yeah. Pat
2: Fitzgerald has always found a way. He, after, especially after a bad season, he has been able to bounce back.
3: But he's always had trouble early in the season against weak teams. He yeah. seems to play better later on. He does, ex- exception
2: last year. But it, it, that, mm-hmm. he generally gets the best out of his team. Like, if, and they put the, the stat up, the the... The record in September overall is not good, but the record in November is is really good. So, all right, lines are. They've
3: been beating Illinois every year until last year. (laughs) Yeah,
2: lines are lighting up. We're going to take our quick uh, break here and come back and get to it here on a penny for your thoughts Monday morning quarterbacks.
5: Illini family, this is Brett Bielema. We're on the road for a big matchup with Wisconsin this Saturday. Catch all the game day coverage starting two hours before kickoff right here on DWS.
2: Monday morning quarterbacks. Petty for your thoughts. Scott Beatty with Lauren Tate. Scott filling in for Brian Barnhart. We've got a full bank here of callers. that want to weigh in on a variety of topics. I think first up, Bill wants to talk Bears. Hello, Bill. You're on.
3: Yes. I just wonder if Lauren remembered uh, Bobby Douglas, who came from University of Kansas, the quarterback for the Bears. In the oh, seven. yeah. He played here. Oh he, oh, he did? Oh, yeah. They killed us. Oh, really? I didn't remember that game at all. Oh, yeah, great. I was there. <laughs> and they had a fullback who somebody will help me with the name. Who? What was his name? Great fullback. Doug, oh, yes. Uh, and they, to him all the time, and they killed Illinois. They won by five or six touchdowns. Okay, okay. Well, I'm talking about two. Bobby, Bobby Douglas was on that team, though. And for Kansas, you mean? Yes.
2: He's talking about Bobby Douglas, yeah. quarterback yeah. for Kansas. Is sure. that right? Sure, yeah. yeah. And played Illinois, right, yeah. Yeah, and then, then he later,
3: played for his, he played for the Bears. Yeah, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. but he could throw the football, buddy. I mean, just, just the zingers, and he could run the football. He could do everything. But you know, yeah. anything else is going to fade away, I guess. Yeah, well, he's uh, he's one of the last really, really, really good quarterbacks that they. I mean, they've had individual seasons where uh, you know they weren't so bad, but they're, we're just talking about their draftees. Uh, That was the ones I mentioned. McMahon, Harbaugh, McNown, Grossman, Trubisky, and Fields, uh, they were all drafted uh, high, and uh, all have been less than sensational so far. They've actually had 31 quarterbacks drafted during the Super Bowl era. Is
1: that
3: right? Yeah, but, you know, it's like... like, uh, uh, Boomer Esiason said, "That this is where quarterbacks go to die." Now they 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 said, "What what the best uh, ground game offense yesterday since what 1984?"
2: Somebody texted yeah. that in. I didn't see that. Uh, we don't know if officially. We haven't but,
3: confirmed it, but that sounds that sounds possible. Yes. Wow. wow. And they the did run the ball well. And by the way, and at the same time,
2: hard to believe given the number of great running backs the Bears have had. Yeah. And that oh, yeah. this was with a backup running back.
3: Yeah, maybe that's not. Uh, I, I just wonder if that's yeah, accurate. But anyway, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna dispute it because I don't know. Well, but, uh, well thanks, way, Bill. Fields Fields ran the ball well too. He had a really good run early in that game. Yeah.
2: Oh yeah. I mean the Bears did it with their legs. Mm-hmm. They just need to be able to do it with the air. Kevin is next. Good morning, Kevin.
5: Good morning, guys. How are you doing?
2: We're doing great. What's on your mind?
5: Uh-huh. Well, I want to talk about the Illinois wisconsin game, but on a quick side note, uh, Wyoming scored 24 against Brigham Young, losing 38-24, and Virginia scored uh, 21 against Syracuse. But um, mm-hmm. this Saturday game, uh, let's assume that turnovers and penalties or, are neutral. Uh, you think Illinois can put enough points up on the scoreboard uh, to beat Wisconsin and who has the stronger defense between the two teams?
0: Well, I, I don't think yes, we know
3: that for questions. sure. I think, yeah, I think it's a really good question. I think right now I would I would lean toward Illinois, but that may be uh, prejudice on my part. Um, I think if penalties and turnovers are neutral, which they never are or, or seldom are, this I think that Illinois has got a great chance up there. But I, but but the problem is that turnovers and penalties are never neutral. And, and you know, you're going into a tough place to play, and they, they, they'll they be favored by nine, nine-and-a-half points is Wisconsin.
2: The first line I've seen that I'm looking at here is Wisconsin's favored by eight.
3: Okay, well, I saw it was nine and 9.5 yesterday. So it's coming down. So maybe uh, some people are getting on the Illinois, throwing some money in from Illinois.
2: What do you think? I, I would be tempted to— I, I don't bet, but Kevin, I'd be tempted to take the take Illinois to cover on that. But still, every probably it's going to be a going to take a, a mistake free game, kind of what you're talking about for Illinois to win this.
3: Mm-hmm. Yep.
5: All
2: right, thanks guys. I mm-hmm. Appreciate Happy it. Day. I really don't know how to. Illinois has been strong in stopping the run. They've been well. they tremendous. They've been, been stopping getting,
3: the pass. They've been getting great unexpectedly good play from Avery at the nose, unexpectedly good. And the two tackles are both possible. If they play well in this if, – if we see Newton really play well in this game, uh, he's an NFL player, and I think that Randolph is also. So how you tell me, and I, and I tried to write it in, the, in my column uh, in Sunday, Illinois doesn't have a single defensive tackle in the NFL, not one, And they don't, you know, they would be. This would be the first two guys on one team where you had two players like this defense at defensive tackle. Plus, Coffman's coming on really strong at defensive end, and Coleman. Yep. And I'd say that Illinois got a chance defensively to 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 handle Wisconsin's ground game, and Wisconsin's ground game is really good at the over-under at
2: 44. I, I I don't know if there's going to be that many points on the board. Yep. One more here, and then uh, we'll be visiting with Chris Thomas. Steve, go ahead. You're on with us.
6: Hey, I hope you guys can hear me over the combine. I'm standing out in the bean field. <laughs>
2: right. hear, you al- hear you loud and clear.
6: Okay. I just want to tell you the best game I watched in football Saturday, college football, was Kansas State at Oklahoma. Yeah, me Kansas too. The to reject Nebraska quarterback. Who you're talking about rushing. He ran wild. The running backs ran wild. And Oklahoma couldn't stop him. I thought that was terrific.
2: Yeah.
3: We,
2: they, they, we agree with you. Everybody loves
3: an underdog. Yeah.
6: But the fact that Oklahoma thinks they got to go to bigger pastures and everything, I thought they got a taste of their own medicine.
3: Yeah, they did. Everybody wants to beat Oklahoma and Texas, and they did it this weekend. Yeah. Texas lost, too.
6: Texas Tech, I think, beat Texas.
2: That's right. So, well, anyway, how's keep the, up the good work. How's the yield looking?
6: Terrific. I'll have more to give to NIL.
3: <laughs> <laughs> good for you. <laughs> coach, give it to the volleyball team. Yeah,
2: Coach Thomas's uh, <laughs> eyes just lit up there. <laughs> All right, thanks, Steve. You bet. Bye. All right. 356-9397. Going to visit a few minutes with Illinois volleyball coach Chris Thomas. Quick timeout. We're right back.
6: Still match point, Illinois. 20 serving,
2: 24, set three. Cannon will send it over. I-L-L-I-N-I-Chan as the crowd is at its feet. This place is filled up nicely. D, outside Terry for the match. Got it! Through the triple, blocking down. That's an orange and blue victory. The Illini take
4: set three over Northwestern. 25-20. They take the match three sets to zero.
6: They're 2-0 in Big Ten play.
2: Tied for first place in the Big Ten as conference play started this weekend. Illinois Volleyball will be back in action on Friday at Huff Hall against Purdue. Chris Thomas is the head coach, and he joins us here on Monday Morning Quarterbacks. Normally, we talk on Monday afternoons, but schedule-wise, it just worked a little bit better for everybody here to do this this morning. So good to see you. Yeah, Congratulations. Good to be here,
5: especially after two wins. We'll take it. <laughs>
2: yeah. Uh, first off, a uh, n- nice nice uh huff setting i was there saturday night it was very loud nice new video board and probably a welcome feeling for you guys to be back in front of home fans after a long month away
5: yeah it was great i thought the uh fans you know turned out tremendous and uh spike squad there was all the student section was filled as we like to see it and of course the community always great with their support as well and uh yeah got the Video board working and, you know, still some kind of uh, in-game glitches to work out, but uh, I I thought it was good for a first run and obviously came away with a couple wins, so it was was nice to have.
2: I know your non-conference schedule was pretty tough, but um, the the Big Ten, we've talked about it plenty of times, is a deep conference, and I had been hearing Northwestern's up this year, Northwestern's up, and Maryland, I have been liking the direction they're going, and you handled both of them, so what went well?
5: Yeah, I think that's a part of the pre-conference scheduling is, you know, not that those teams didn't have challenges in pre-conference, but we had them every single week. And, uh, you know, both of their records on paper were better than ours. And uh, But, you know, the, the Big Ten is the Big Ten, and, and I think you saw that throughout the weekend, uh, all throughout the conference, and, you know, it's kind of the, the old, here we go. So, uh, you know, we handled business how we we needed to this week, and now a couple more coming up this weekend that are going to be uh, just the same, but we're, we got Purdue and Wisconsin, so we get some of the top dogs in conference. Any particular adjustments you made just for the tournament Well, you know, we, we kind of, we, we had some in, in the works already, and then on Friday morning our one of our outside hitters, uh, Jessica Nungy, went down with, with an injury, just kind of a, a random sports injury, and uh, wasn't able to go, so we had to make a last-minute switch, and we have kind of our Brooke Moser, who had played some back row for us, and she... Uh, she played outside and and uh, setter and and in, uh, in high school. I brought her here to be a setter, uh, but we know she's capable of swinging. We put her on the outside. She did tremendous against Maryland on uh, night one and held her own again in night two and uh, just was a great force out there. And then we we put a couple of our defensive players in the back row we just. You know, our passing was was something that was lacking, and and uh, you know we we made a few adjustments, but I, I just felt overall it was it was kind of more the uh, it's between the ears. It's not like we are a completely different team. It's the same team. That's well, you lost a practice. couple of
3: really tough uh, three two games. Yeah, uh, two. yeah,
5: and that's and that's how it goes sometimes. And that was I think it was more about the mentality of where the players were at and they were pressing to try to score points in earlier weeks and. Uh, you know, sometimes that works. You don't play as well. And this this week we played really freely. Uh, Raina Terry was a, a beast out there this weekend. And uh, good to have her back in, in that capacity.
2: Yeah, she looked like she was all Big Ten, which I know she's capable of doing. But she just seemed to be kind of on a in a zone almost the way she was playing
5: yeah absolutely i mean i she started off against maryland five for five i mean that's unheard of right and and she continued the game really well and then she had big time kills when we needed it. front row back row huge blocks uh passed really well so it's it's the type of play that she's capable of and and happy to see her do that
2: when a hitter in volleyball is hot in the zone whatever it is what is what is working is it The power that's coming off is it? There, it looks random to somebody when you get a kill because you're just going up there, swinging (laughs) the ball, and hope it falls down, right? But there, there's, there's a lot of skill and decision making that's happening in the moment, right? Yeah, yeah, that's. I'm trying to get an analogy. Is it like a shooter in basketball that's hitting threes? Um, you know, when it's kind of like doesn't matter where they are, they're they're in they're in range kind of thing. Yeah,
5: maybe it's it's. I can probably. A little bit like that, and maybe more like a point guard driving the lane. Do I go up and lay it up? Do I dish it off? It's really that split second decision that really makes a hitter. Um, You know, everything has to line up. They have to recognize their feet are in a good position that they can, you know, get get the ball at the top of the approach and, and take as good of a swing as you can. But sometimes it's full power. Sometimes it's off speed. Um, and Raina mixed up all of her shots this weekend, so it was good to see. Kind of have to keep the defenses on their toes and not get them used to just defending one shot. Because if you're a one shot hitter, they're gonna. Everyone in the conference is good at defending it. So, um, yeah, it's just she made all the great decisions in the moment. Um, what and that's what great hitters do, and, and it turned out really well.
2: And then Brooke Moser, you remember you mentioned you brought her here as a setter, but you're using her as an outside hitter. She's a bit of a Swiss Army knife as a volleyball player. Are there many that can do that?
5: She's probably the the most talented volleyball player all-around volleyball player that I've coached uh, in a long time. Really? And, yeah, she can do everything. And if if I needed her in the middle, she could probably figure it out. But, uh, <laughs> you know, for those two positions – I mean, she did it all through high school, through club, um, you know, at 5'10", 5'11", that's not something you, we usually look for at this level. But, you know, we just needed her in a pinch. And she used every shot in the book, too, and uh, really good to see and, you know, frustrated the defense. And I think that was a, a huge part of our, our wins this weekend as well.
2: Monday Morning Quarterbacks is brought to you by Berkey's in Urbana, your local Kubota
3: dealer. Let's talk about Huff real quick and the ability to get there for the fans, particularly as the weather turns bad here. Uh what what do you see uh as uh happening is there anything in the future for you there in terms of a, of a better place to play
5: yeah so right now for, in terms of transportation for this season it's uh why the weather's still good it's it's still kind of the same where it's this availability of huff or around huff um state farms also available too i know there's a golf cart shuttles that are going back and forth while the weather's good once it turns uh, maybe in November, I think, uh, when it, once we start playing November, they have a Peoria charter that's going to shuttle people uh, to and from the game. Um, in the future, I know there's a parking lot that's being scheduled over by the law building right across from the Smith Center. Uh, so that's going to add a lot of uh, parking as well. And then, uh, yeah, it's, wherever they end up putting us, we'll play. I mean, I know the hockey project got shut down uh, after COVID. and. You know, we we like Huff a lot. You know, obviously, the parking has to be addressed, but uh, I believe our people are doing that. This
3: question has come up several times now. Is there room near Bielfeld to build a building that might be for for volleyball, for example?
5: Oh, there's room. <laughs> there's room for, yeah. a, for a building. It's just a matter of what they want to end up doing, doing mm-hmm. with it, right? So right now, I know that parking is used for football and such, mm-hmm. and um, I, I've heard several plans being thrown around, but uh, nothing that's, you know, more you know, than when you more say
3: that used for parking. Illinois has got better parking for football than anybody oh, well, I, even if yeah.
5: you took that away they would still have the best parking yeah, for yeah, anybody absolutely absolutely so I those those decisions aren't mine obviously I just you know show up and try to pretend I know what I'm doing and <laughs> <laughs> well try to try to get him to serve it in and pass it well, well what have they there.
3: done for for HUP this year in terms of making it better
5: yeah so that's uh the scoreboard's huge and if you haven't seen it yet it, it yeah, I was told it was going to replace the the system that was already there, the old the old scoreboard, and it would just be all video screen. It's about twice that size, and so it really takes up that whole back wall and uh, adds a lot to the game. I still think there's more we can do to to engage the crowd and some of that, but I know this weekend was the first run for it. Um, and yeah, the, other than that, you know, we're just kind of getting some small upgrades here and there. There's maybe more internals to the team, but uh, it's it's been great. So.
2: Uh, coach I, th- I think we have a call for you on that topic hey fantastic do uh, just uh, we got lloyd and remember coach didn't build the scoreboard if he didn't like it
5: <laughs> <But> <laughs> no, I do, I, no that, do i run it during the game <laughs> yeah there you go
2: hey lloyd you're on with the coach
4: yeah coach we were there saturday night and you just stole my thunder that video board is is fantastic um it adds a lot to the atmosphere and everything and whoever runs it and uh, it's they need to uh to work with the people at uh, Memorial Stadium because those, those video replays there are horrible and the music there I don't know the music but uh, yeah, this guy's got to, whoever runs the one at Huff does an excellent job and it's a yeah. beautiful beautiful scoreboard.
5: Yeah as, as uh, you know Huff is not uh, a, a new building and so you know it's, it's actually you know we're we we didn't have some preseason you know at, at huff for one of two things and that was one of them is that we weren't sure you know when the scoreboard was going to get finished and they had to go through all the testing and everything else and went through some glitches and whatnot and uh you know we, we knew that we we're going to have some uh you know just kind of getting used to the system and getting used to the camera feeds and all that stuff so i i can promise you that will improve uh you know but for a first run we're fairly happy with it and uh, we got the speakers working a little bit better on the second night, so that was good to have, too. So. Uh, but we'll get there like anything. It's a, it's a learning curve, and, uh, you know, just like we talk, talk about with our team, we just expect improvement at uh, every single match we step on the floor there. Thanks, Lloyd, Great for the job.
2: call. Thank you.
6: Thank you.
5: All right. Friday night at Huff Hall with that
2: video board, Purdue. Yeah. they're pretty good, by the way. And then you go Sunday to Wisconsin; they won a national championship, by the yeah. way. Yeah, yeah, both
5: know. both teams uh, in the top ten, or I think Purdue's close to it, and um, they're going to shoot up into the top ten after this weekend. So, uh, two top ten battles, and uh, it's always nice to to play them. We've we've seemed to match up really well against Purdue over the last several years, um, and Wisconsin, we've you know we've had some battles with them as well too, and you know they they won the national championship, but they're Coming off, you know, trying to replace a lot of pieces. So we hope to kind of get them back on their heels and and play our game and see what we can do.
2: I was going to ask you about Purdue. Yeah, it does. uh, you, You do have had their number a number of times for whatever reason. Maybe you don't want to say, but is it clear to you? Yeah, I can see why we've matched up well with a certain team stylistically and versus other teams where we just haven't because even if we're both really good, it's just kind of how they face each other. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right? Sorry, I just made your point,
1: right? <laughs>
5: yeah.
2: You're, you're the, you know,
5: said yes the second no, time this week. You know, had, yes or no question, yeah. I made uh, that mistake on yeah, Saturday. Yeah, I, I, I could elaborate on that, though. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I just think, yeah, there's always going to be certain styles of play and training and. How you do things, and uh, you know one one coach's way of doing it. You know, I, I tell this to the players from time to time, and I'll I'll go back to a conversation I had with Jordan Poulter back when she was here, when 2018, when we made our run to the Final Four. She's like, "Well, do you th- we're mid October, we're doing decently." And she goes, "Ah, do you think we can do well in the tournament?" I was like, "Well, you need a couple things happen for you. You need to be healthy at the time of tournament. Obviously, you need to make it there. Um, you need and and you need your matchups to go well." Uh, because there's times where you just run up against a team and the matchup's n- not there, and I think that year Minnesota was was higher ranked than us, and they were hosting, and they were going to be hosting the Final Four, and they got matched up with the Oregon team that I thought was just a bad matchup for what Minnesota-style yeah. play was, so I kind of called that upset because that's I just felt like that was a, a match that they that they would struggle with and they did. So yeah, a lot of it is uh just pure execution. I mean that's their sport. There's not a ton of plays that we can run. It's this isn't like football where we have, you know, fifteen different formations. We've got one formation and three different plays that we run on any given any given sequence and then you got to pass well to do that, right? So it becomes an execution game. But for the most part, I, I think yeah, there are some stylistic things that end up you know, you can match up well against. Them. And then, of course, if you got the mentality of, hey, we've played with this team before when they have been better than us or whatever, you, you kind of have that mental edge when you walk into a, into a gym. So we hope to have that here on Friday as well. You
3: know, it always seemed like the team that sets up the best has the best chance to score, obviously. how How's your setting been this year?
5: Yeah, Diana's been great, you know, fifth year senior. And, uh, you know, I think she's one of the ones that was maybe pressing a little bit in the preseason where she was trying to make, you know, some decisions and, uh, trying to set some people that you know sh- she felt like she had to do more than than what is was needed, and then we just kind of sat down last week with all the players, not just her, but but her specifically because she's the quarterback, she runs it right, and we're just trying to tell her that, hey, just make the easy choice. We got hitters that can that can do something, and we don't need to be super flashy. And um, she did a nice job this week and just making the good choice and the easy choice, and I should say, and uh, really worked well, and uh, just let our hitters go to work, and which they did.
2: All right, Coach, let you off to a new week of preparation. Purdue, Friday night at Huff Hall, 7 p.m. for serve, Sunday afternoon up in Madison at that old field house. That uh, also can get a little bit raucous in there, yeah, too. So yeah,
5: We're looking forward to it.
2: Yep. Appreciate your time, sir. Good luck. Thank Congratulations you. Congratulations on a 2-0 start. That's Chris Thomas with us here. On Monday Morning Quarterbacks, brought to you by Berkey's in Urbana, your local Kubota dealer. We'll get a news update here. It's brought to you by First Mid Bank and Trust, providing financial solutions since 1865. Visit firstmid.com to find out more. It's easy to listen to us anywhere. Download the News Gazette app and click on Listen Live to News Talk 1400 at 93.9 FM. Monday Morning Quarterbacks, it's brought to you by Berkey's in Urbana on High Cross Road. Scott Beatty, Lauren Tate here. Scott in for Brian. He's back tomorrow. And he's getting ready for Illinois and Wisconsin on Saturday, 11 a.m. kickoff up in Madison. Wisconsin is not ranked at the moment. Minnesota is. The 4-0 Golden Gophers have entered the top 25, Mr. Tate, at number 21. Your aforementioned Kansas State Wildcats are in at uh, three and one. They've just snuck in.
3: You see how hard it is to get in the top 25 when you're not in it before? Mm -hmm. If they'd been in it before, I mean, they'd be. Or let's put it this way. If if what they accomplished, if they had the name Texas next to it, the University of Texas, they'd be in the top 10. Mm Mm-hmm. Kansas State would be in the top ten if their name if if they had Texas on their uniform. That's fair. There are no two loss teams in in the well, top twenty five. No, there couldn't hardly be. No, it's too early for a two loss two loss team. You give them another week and Notre Dame will be in there. Georgia <laughs> is
2: number one, remains number one. Uh, Alabama two, Ohio State three. They're all four and zero. Oh. I disagree with Bob. I put I'm not a voter, and Bob is, but I think Georgia's number one. But that's easy to say when 55 out of whatever it is, 63 voters agree with you. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not out on a limb there, but I, I, I could see where you get there. Um, but, you know, Kansas is not in the top 25 either at 4 well, no, and o- at No, of course and o- not.
3: They're Kansas. Put Texas on the uniform. <laughs> what would you do? But uh, the Gophers, uh, look,
2: the, the Big Ten West um, – is is open
3: oh but still i mean based everybody's on, on everybody's jumping on minnesota now but really come on they're, they're, it's still early it is still early but they did look impressive
2: it's agree, not easy I to agree. go into and i know you you, you, you uh, michigan state coming here in november you've been concerned about that one but now michigan well, state looks like they're a peg down
3: well, yeah, they definitely look like they're pegged down. Their pass defense is terrible. I mean, they, yeah, and they lost a couple cornerbacks. They're they're vulnerable as the devil. But uh, do I think it's a, a pushover for Illinois? No, no. <laughs> not in. I think all these games are just going to be tough as they can be. I think Illinois will be, a, a, but probably be an underdog in most of the games. Now the Michigan State thing. Look. I'm not going to try to guess what the what the spread is on a game a month from now. I don't know who's going no, to no, be, no. I don't know who's going to be playing for them, and I don't know who's going to be playing for Illinois. Illinois depth still worries me.
2: In addition to all the on-field action this weekend, there was also the Hall of Fame weekend for Illinois. Jeff is on the line. He has uh, thought about that. Jeff.
0: Hi. Good morning, uh, guys. And uh, uh, Lauren, I wanted to. Uh, ask you about something that I saw and has always intrigued me. It was in the book called A Century of Orange and Blue that came out a long time ago, <laughs> it's now, um, about uh, the Illinois basketball team. And um, what they said was that uh, back at in the days when we played as Huff Jim, as it was known then, um, that uh, a number of the football players used to sit really close to the to the court and first row game faces on. really you remember this? oh yeah because I don't
3: oh yeah they sat there in the first row when when I was in school hmm. yeah
0: well that that predates me because uh there was a comment that said uh Dick Butkus and Ray Nitschke sitting there with their game faces on and I mm-hmm. thought well that's a ridiculous statement I think because I don't think Butkus and Nitschke were there at the same time were they N- no No, they weren't. Didn't think so. Okay.
2: I thought you could say that's ridiculous as if their face was ever different from their game face.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you've seen them more recently. Are they more relaxed? Well, is Dick more relaxed now? He sounded
3: like he was. uh, Well, he's older, yes. (laughs) He's starting to show his age a little bit, yeah. You know
2: how people get (laughs) when they start to to age long. They start to soften up. They're nice (laughs) and pleasant to be around when you get to be older. You know, they're not as, you know crabby and curmudgeon-y as they were in their younger days.
3: Well, he's still a little I, bit – he's still a curmudgeon. <laughs> That's why we well, love I, him. You know, he was, uh, he was interviewed yesterday at the Bears game, and they actually delayed the start of the, of the next play while they were talking to him on the, on the board there. He was in the corner, and then when they came back and talked to him again, and he had an Illinois jersey on. Yep. He had a bear, bear cap and an Illinois jersey, University of Illinois jersey. Any other thoughts,
0: Jeff? Not uh, really, except to say that uh, if anybody doesn't show his age, it's probably Mister Tate. Oh but, boy! Uh,
3: <laughs> <laughs> Somebody remind me. He says he says I was with a guy yesterday. He Says my birthday is in November. When's yours? I said November. He said that's coming up. In another one. <laughs>
0: well, mine's in December, and uh, <laughs> so <laughs> we're kind of close together there. But, anyways, yeah, I I had I I only saw one game at Huff Gym. Which was the final one, and I didn't remember that, but I think that's a a fantastic tradition to have <laughs> all the football guys sitting down there and heckling the other team that'd be
3: well <laughs> and I you if know if say all bad. the football I know that some I, I can't say that all of them there were some football players who sat down there uh, in in those uh, front rows uh, but I the numbers I can't remember uh, it's too long ago.
2: hey, thanks a lot, Jeff. Uh,
3: all right, guys. Have
0: a great day. But, but whoever
3: on. they had on the first row, even if you were a regular fan, you could you could harass the guy throwing the ball, and you could touch him. You could reach out and touch him.
2: We'll come back uh, hour number two. Plenty more. We've got more football to to digest. Some of the weekend events with. Major League Baseball, Albert hitting 700.
3: Today's one first... other thing. Okay. Sitting through those three-minute commercials is unbelievable these days, and I remember in football, the, weren't the commercials one minute long? Weren't the timeouts one minute long?
2: Felt like it was. It, it feels like an eternity it at NFL It really games. does. I yep. mean, the games just take forever. Okay, we'll come back with uh, more here on A Penny for Your Thoughts, Monday morning quarterbacks. Join us for hour number two coming up.
1: It's the second hour of A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS. You can join in on the phone, via text, or online. Our phone number is 217-356-9397. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Or send an email to Talk. At WDWS.com. Filling in for Brian Barnhart this morning, Scott Beatty.
2: Hey, appreciate you being along here today. Beautiful September Monday. Going to get up to the mid-60s today, and then uh, hopefully it stays somewhat like that the rest of the week. We're going to be a little bit cooler. It looks like, uh, well, I don't know, maybe... Maybe some rain later. Nah, I don't see anything there on the forecast. It suggests rain during the week. We'll see. Thanks for being here with us. Monday morning, quarterbacks. Not really quarterbacking an Illinois football game uh, because there was no game over the weekend. Of course, they played this past Thursday night, beat Chattanooga, so now it's wisconsin on Saturday at 11 a.m. If you've got uh, comments or questions, or in the world of sports, 356-9397, or the text line is 217
3: 351 we're going to throw you off for 30 seconds. You ready for this? I'm okay. going to talk about Appalachian State. Here we go. Okay. S- 63-61 loss to North Carolina. 63-62 points in the fourth quarter alone. Crazy game, right? Yeah. Next game, they upset Texas A&M. Next game they're down to Troy. Game's practically over. Hail Mary. Hail Mary didn't even reach the end zone. Flipped up in the air, caught on the 5-yard line, taken in for a touchdown. Appalachian State wins. Yesterday this Saturday they had a 28 to 3 lead on James Madison and lost. <laughs> <laughs> or at it. least they blew the lead. I don't I don't even know the final score, but I know they blew the lead.
2: There were a lot of good college football games this past weekend in terms of being close, and there were a ton of close NFL games in the score.
3: Oh, man. I looked at, I looked at my uh, phone at one time, and the, the scores were 14-14, 14-14, and 14-13, the first three games I looked at. That NFL, the, the competition is so tight. Colts beating the Kansas City Ball Club. I mean, just imagine the Chiefs losing to, to the Colts join us on the phone lines first up here it's
2: chris hey chris
1: hi scott Lauren. how you doing today
2: doing great sir what's on your mind
1: of course there's a lot of good high school football locally but uh one team you don't want to come out and see is uh muhammad summer bulldogs uh they pretty pretty uh offensively and defensively um they're really doing great this season undefeated and they have Quincy notre dame coming into town uh friday night in muhammad so i just want to throw that out at you guys uh, uh just, just a fun team to watch and uh, both sides of the ball and very explosive. Um, uh, both sides. So I uh, just want to give a uh, shout out to the Bulldogs and Mahomet.
2: They're playing great. One of the things I love about high school football yeah. is okay. you can uh, you, you, you you can have it. You can have things turned around pretty quick.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: You know what I mean. Uh, and sure. and there there were some down seasons there not too long ago, and they're they're back up. And by the way, not to deter anyone from going to see the game you just mentioned, but it will also be broadcast on our sister station, Light Rock 97.5. It's the game of the week this week for us. So Joey, hey, and, Col- good. Joey and Colin will be uh, on the call so folks can bring the radios out, too.
1: Hey, sounds good. Hey, thanks, Scott. You guys keep up doing a great job. Have a great day.
3: Love it. Thank you. In my time in Champaign, I've never seen a school system Blow up the way Appala- Appalachian State. Appalachian State, by the way, did lose to Man- James Madison, 32 to 28, after leading 28 to three. Yeah, that, I just looked it up. But um, Muhammad Seymour is just expanding so fast. Yeah, I mean, we just had a uh, volleyball coach here, Chris Thomas. He just moved uh, there. I mean, Josh Whitman just moved there. I don't. Brad Dancer moved there. I don't know how many football coaches live in Muhammad. It's just they're getting. Population and they're getting a lot of school-age kids. Yep, and a lot of them want to play football.
2: What do you know? The schools are getting crowded.
3: Yeah, and they they got to figure out some way to improve the the facilities. With, I'm not sure they can do that. They don't have the votes, I don't think.
2: All right, to Alan. Hey, hello, Alan. Morning, guys. Uh,
4: you know, alone uh, at the football game. They have a commercial clock, I call it, in the end zone. And uh, in between quarters, it seems like it's a four-minute uh, four minute timeout, and then they have others that's three-minute, and they have a two-minute, and sometimes they have a two-minute 30-second.
2: You talking NFL? Uh,
4: no, I mean at the stadium there. If you look in the end zone and the horseshoe, there is a timeout that tells you how long the uh. timeout is going to be. Okay. You were talking about the Bears game yesterday yeah, sorry, before but, the break. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Oh, okay, the Bears game. Oh, well, well, the great thing about the bad. Bears
3: game is that they do things. Well, you you don't have to watch the commercials when you're at the game. You get to watch whatever they whatever they present during that three minutes, which is better than the commercials, maybe. But I don't know.
4: Well, you do that at U of I too.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
4: somewhat.
2: That's right. Noted exception for the radio advertisers on our broadcast, but. <laughs>
3: well it's it, uh, it really um uh, it's changed the game dramatically
2: yeah the, uh, football is a television product that's right it's it's uh, different baseball is different I don't you know in between what? innings it's all right you're just outside you're having a good time football they everything's geared towards the television experience. What else in your yeah. mind Alan?
4: uh baseball. Uh, Cardinals are not playing very good right now. I'm a little concerned about now they're pitching and they're hitting. Coach Schmidt has all of a sudden lost his power and he looks lost at the plate a lot of times. And uh, What is Tyler O'Neill's injury, you know?
3: I don't know his injury, but he's always injured, so I don't worry about it anymore. <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah, but he makes a big difference when he's in the lineup. you really line. think
3: so? Okay.
4: At times, I think he does.
3: Yeah, at times, everybody does. You're right. But, uh, but
4: I mean, he's a better hitter than Carson is. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if you count on Lars Newport, but he's playing pretty well. But I think they got some holes in there. It's going yeah. to, yeah, right. to be hard to fix. Yeah, they just need to be hot at
3: the up. right time. Uh, Goldschmidt hadn't had a home run since September the 7th. And I think he's something like four out of 20-something in his recent hitting. And he, he swings and misses an awful lot. But the, the yeah, Cardinals aren't – look, this is not a good Cardinal team for a playoff. That doesn't mean they can't win, but they're not built for it. They don't have an ace pitcher. Who is your starting pitcher in the first game of the playoffs? They're going to be home. They're going to be playing uh, Philadelphia or San Diego or somebody. I don't know who they're going to play. And uh, who's your starting pitcher?
4: Probably going to be either Wainwright or Montgomery.
3: Well, it isn't going to be Montgomery. I mean, he's pitching bad. Uh, and
4: it'll probably be Wainwright.
3: Well, I don't think I. I don't know. I mean, the guy I that's pitching better than anybody is Quintana right now. He's been the mo- he's been the trust, sharpest uh, the last few outings.
4: I don't trust Flaherty. I hope they don't go with
3: him. <laughs> well, Mikolas uh, maybe. Maybe it'll be Mikolas. Well,
4: it could be. He
3: pitched good the last time. The so
4: team. I just
2: named five guys. <laughs> let me so let me let me say when it comes to who the Cardinals are going to start yeah. in the playoffs, okay. the same thing I have to tell my daughter when she refuses to pick something to get dressed. You have to pick one. I don't care that you don't like any of it. You have to wear
3: something to school. They have to pick somebody.
2: That's right. I don't care okay. that you don't like any of them. You have to pit pick one. All That's right. Right. <laughs> Thanks a lot. So Thanks a lot, Alan. Three, five, six, nine, three, the nine. The Cardinals
3: seven. right have a choice of five, five hundred pitchers. Five they're roughly five hundred pitchers.
2: Not five hundred in number. <laughs>
3: <laughs> they win half the time and they lose half the time. That's what they are. And these some, are
2: these are problems right now. The White Sox and Cubs fans wish they had.
3: But the, the Cardinals are twenty five or so games over five hundred, maybe twenty six, I don't know. But uh they uh they they must have they must be doing something right to to be that far over five hundred. The magic number, by the way, is now three, thanks to Cincinnati yesterday. What well, say again? Cincinnati beat Milwaukee yesterday, oh, yeah. so the, the magic number is three. Yep, for the Cardinals.
2: Get the champagne on ice. We have more Monday morning. They got court. two
3: games by the of Tuesday and Wednesday they play Milwaukee at Milwaukee. Could clinch it there or the or or it could be reduced to five games there are seven games right now ahead they could be reduced to five we are
2: back with more monday morning quarterbacking right after this Join us. get the answers for your lawn and garden problems from the prairie
3: gardens plant experts live saturday mornings at 8:15 here on news talk 1400 and 939 <laughs> fm
5: right.
6: Right.
2: Monday morning quarterbacking till 11 a.m. this morning. Join us on the phones 217 356 9397. Castle Heating and Cooling text line is 217 351 5357. Monday morning quarterbacks brought to you by Berkey's in Urbana on High Cross Road, your local Kubota dealer. Well, Central Football got beat soundly by Wheaton Saint Francis at that ball game against uh, at McKinley Field that was uh, so much a topic of conversation around here. But let me tell you, it was a beautiful day to have a football game. And a texture here says, I attended the Central game on Saturday. And other than the score, it was a great day. The administration and the booster club did a wonderful job. There cannot be any complaints, ran so smoothly. Lots of work was put into the day. And the team was so grateful.
3: Yeah, I, I've i never seen a game that was so lopsided, so incredibly lopsided that really everybody came away smiling, and <laughs> happy with it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, once it got out of hand, I mean, you knew you weren't going to win, and so it didn't matter what score was. Ultimately, it was a loss, and so what? Yeah,
2: yeah, no, it was. A- and then
3: the star player McMillan for uh, for Wheaton St. Francis was injured on the first play of the game, and came out of the game at the quarter, and uh, never played the last three quarters, and. And of course, he was. He's coming to Illinois. He's going to enroll early at Illinois. He's he's on a scholarship to Illinois. He's one of the football players that Bielema's offered a scholarship to.
2: Yeah, I saw several of the media members that cover Illinois were out there just to talk to TJ McMillan. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what it would have been like. There were not a lot of students there because it was a Saturday afternoon, and a lot of them are off doing their sports or whatever the what other uh, activities they were. Um but I can't I mean people told me I I haven't been to one but they hold track events there there's more people there for a track event than there was at this football game and I'm not I'm not denigrating the football game I'm just saying there's other events that are held there like JV football mm-hmm. track and field mm-hmm. um that are about the same kind of crowd by the time it's all said and done, maybe there was a little bit more. I don't know. I I, I didn't hear an attendance number in an official capacity, but people around there were estimating at about four hundred.
3: Well, they had a they had a limit of seven hundred. They weren't going to allow more than seven hundred people in, I guess. And they expected uh, maybe a few more people from St. Francis that did not come.
2: So I, I I suppose at the end of the day, they there was all kinds of barricades up. You could only get in one way, out one way, that kind of
3: stuff. Yeah, you couldn't. You couldn't get off Prospect and go down the streets. There, Daniel was blocked. I, uh, my son Travis lives on Daniel, about a half a block in from Prospect, and I couldn't get into to his house. He he said he was going to leave a room for me to park there, but I I just turned left and parked on the other side of Prospect on, and on the west side and, and walked across.
2: I understand. I think, at the end of the day, the argument
3: for some— it was an overreaction by everybody. Yeah. Just let everybody park where they want to. Come on, guys. You're going to be inconvenienced for three hours from one to four on a Saturday, one time a year, maybe one time in your lifetime. Of course, what they're worried about is that what the people that didn't want the game to be played there are worried that it'll be played there again sometime. And maybe it will. I don't know. They're going to need a vote.
2: I— a game, if if it was Central Centennial, and it was Central's game to host, and they did it on a Friday night, I don't know how you'd get everybody in there. That well, could be. I
3: don't think you could.
2: Yeah, that's a game to me. That facility-wise, mm-hmm. maybe you have to play at Tommy Stewart Field, mm-hmm. like as was the case this year I already. Think that's right, but a Central Wheaton Saint Francis game. There's just not a huge contingent from from the visitors. They're going to come down, and
3: if over yeah. the years, over the many years, central attendance at games has really fallen.
2: Yeah, I do get there is an element of you said you weren't going to do this, and then you did it, mm-hmm. and but at the end of the day, what's it harming? So, so well, that's my thing. As
3: I said, I, I I think it was it's an overreaction, but that's okay.
2: Yep. All right. uh, Texter Benny says, Congrats to the Tennessee Vols and the Buckeyes and to Luke Fickle from Cincinnati. And congrats to ex Buckeye Justin Fields and the Bears. I don't miss Levy Smith. So Benny's got a bunch of teams all there at once.
3: Well, Tennessee beating Florida is a big deal. Yeah. In the SEC. And so, but uh, Arkansas, what happened to Arkansas? I thought they were going to really be good. Do you think
2: they got a benefit of the doubt for being in the SEC? For being ranked and all that? Sure. I w- I'm circling back to our sure. prior conversation. Abs- absolutely. About who gets it. Yep. Yep. Uh, and back to our baseball conversation, somebody replying to Allen saying, don't be concerned about his baseball team. I'm a White Sox fan.
3: <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> well, if you're a, a White Sox fan, fan, you're ready to start over. Six gonna, in a you need a new manager, then... Who knows how many changes Yeah, very make.
2: odd. What are you uh, going
3: to do about Abreu? That's what I want to know. What's he's, Abreu going to do about Abreu? Well, they're going to have to offer him an awful lot of money to keep him.
2: Yeah, but he's kind of become
3: – Look out now. He's a good player.
2: He is, but he's, he's a bit one-dimensional because he can't move.
3: Well, there are a lot of slow guys that can hit the ball. Yeah, I mean, that's true. I mean, he's a cleanup hitter. Yeah. Three or four hitter, three or four, one of those two spots. But I mean, he's, he. Uh, I, I would, I think the, I think that the White Sox need to keep a Bregu.
2: White Sox are uh, three games from elimination, or their elimination number is three. Is a better way to say that they're seven and a half out of a wild card spot.
3: That's a long way out at this time, isn't it? Yep. It, it, it seemed like a long way for them. It seemed like it doesn't seem so long for the Cardinals. They're seven games from clinching.
2: Baltimore is. I mean, they're seven games ahead. Yeah, Baltimore is ahead of them. They're four out of a spot. Seattle's got the last wild card spot, so it seems inevitable for the White Sox. Mathematically, still in it, I guess. There's scenarios where they could. You could have pull any this trouble out.
3: saying Cleveland Guardians yet? Or yep. You, you, you I've get,
2: had to put some money in the jar because I've done it a couple of times on you didn't sports. Didn't call talk. them the Indians, did you? I That's did. That's not legal. <laughs> well, it isn't, but it was. It was put hard you, to get. Put you in jail for that. Get you get it out of my. It's just what what they were. So, Texas, join us Monday morning. Quarterbacks We've got more ahead here on DWS. Hi, I'm Joey Wright. Join me and Colin Likus in Muhammad this Friday as Muhammad Seymour hosts Quincy Notre Dame in the Lightrock 97.5 and News Gazette High School Football Game of the Week. It's on our sister station 97.5 Friday at 6:45. Join us. Hi, this is Colin Likus with the News Gazette. Join us on Wednesday for the Serve Pro Prep Football Confidential Show, powered by the U of I Army ROTC, live at 6 p.m. right here on DEWS. Good morning, quarterbacks. Penny for your thoughts. Brought to you by Berkey's in Urbana on High Cross Road. Lauren, the Big Ten football players of the week are in. Noah Lainai. Michigan gets a co-offensive player of the week. Running back Blake Corum. 243 yards on 20 carries. That's the seventh best Michigan rushing performance ever. yards. They beat Maryland by seven points.
3: 34-27. Yep.
2: I thought Maryland. Maryland has Maryland's skill,
3: explosive. Yeah, so they could put and up some been points. Been explosive for several years. They 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 bust out every now and then with a lot of points. But Illinois, uh, I want to I want to bring up something about Illinois receivers. I think it's fair to say, it may be unfair to say, that when the season, as of last season and going into this season, Illinois had the lowest ranked receiving core in the Big 10. Now that might have changed when the Jones boys left Iowa. Maybe they they may they might have been the worst receiving core in the Big 10 going into this season. But Illinois was down there. Nobody gave Illinois much credit. We knew we had Isaiah Williams. Beyond that, well, Hightower was coming off a nothing year. Washington hadn't done anything special um uh, you know we 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 came in thinking
2: it was Williams and probably Washington in the slot,
3: yeah, well, now we've got a guy named Pat Bryant who this last Thursday had the highest power graded highest graded power five receiver rec- uh, record uh and that includes Saturday's games. I mean, I'm not just talking about Thursday games, I'm talking yeah. about the for the for this week he had the highest graded. I mean, he had a lot of yards. I'm was, forgetting now the number. But. but
2: this is from Pro Football Focus, yep. and they they grade every player. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, yep. and there's metrics that they use. It's not just who had the most yards. Mm-hmm. It's how you played on
3: the field. You know he's a good blocker. We know that because the coaches have said that. <laughs> because last
2: year when he was on the field, he was blocking. Yeah, most of the time. <laughs> it was a run play.
3: But now Hightower's taken a step forward. I think he clearly he's taken a step forward from last year. So now you got Bryant and Hightower and Williams and Washington. So it isn't the worst uh, core in in the Big Ten anymore. Nope. And They I like
2: think... Hank Beatty as a freshman.
3: Yeah, I think that's right. Beatty is, is coming along, and, and so uh, this is what these are the key players in this upcoming game with with uh, with, with, with uh, Wisconsin. If you can't pass the ball with, against Wisconsin, they're going to load up and stop you from running if they possibly can. They'll have eight men in the box. They'll have they're going to be watching wherever Chase Brown is. There's going to be players with an eye on him. They're going to try to stop him. They intend to – the chances of him having another 100-yard game are not good at Wisconsin. I agree. And you need to pass the ball. And you need to pass the ball down the field, and you need to throw it to our guys, not their guys. (laughs) And that's not easy because they're really good. So that's why I'm saying that this, this receiver core, which has kind of stepped up here, particularly with Pat Bryan leading the way, is is uh, is key to that game. But
2: the other crew that has been a big part of it has been the tight end game.
3: Well, tight ends have contributed too, yeah. You think we can sneak a, a guy out there that they don't notice for a touchdown? It's
2: <laughs> happened a few times. <laughs> it has. You know, now Ford and Marquise and Ryman all have two career touchdowns. They didn't all come this year, but they've mm-hmm. spread. I think they all have, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, and I know Ryman and Marquise have had at least one does, has Ford had one this year? I think they've all had at least one touchdown this year.
3: Well, Marques has had the two, of course. Yeah, and of course. And, and the last one was a very interesting play because you know, there were two laterals on the play to get the ball back, the quarterback, to throw the, the touchdown pass. Flea flicker. Is that what that's called? Yep. You think that's a flea flicker, huh? Flea flicker. I wonder. I wonder if that is a flea flicker. That's right. When you... When you hand
2: I, it off and then the running back runs and yeah, laterals it back yeah. to the quarterback. Yeah,
3: this this had two laterals though.
2: Oh, did it? Okay, yeah. and then that's a yeah. flea flicker flicker. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I don't no, know. I don't believe that. Cavyon <laughs> Merriweather from Iowa is the Co Defensive Player of the Week. Returned a fumble for a touchdown, thirty yards, had another interception that he returned for thirty-three yards, three tackles and a pass breakup. Iowa also gets special teams player of the week. Tory Taylor, their punter. Punted 5 times inside the 20. Um 5 inside the 20. Average of 42.6 punts, 42.6 yards per punt. And he beat out uh played a a good punter for Rutgers. Mm-hmm. That was a punt off over there.
3: Mm-hmm. Every but, game for Iowa was a punt off. <laughs>
2: Did they have two defensive touchdowns in their win?
3: Yes, the first two.
2: Yeah. 27-10 win for Iowa. So they still win it, but they win 13-10 if they don't have those defensive
3: touchdowns. (laughs) Those two touchdowns really changed the game early.
2: This is what – look, this is what Lovie Smith knew. Most coaches
3: know if you can get a defensive
2: touchdown, if you can get a special teams touchdown – uh, we were talking about it this week Michael Martin uh, we were talking about it if you get a punt block in a game eighty five percent of the time you're gonna win the game
3: is that right eighty five percent
2: these these are the plays mm-hmm. look at last year Illinois was right there and then Iowa gets a a, a, kickoff. a ke- kickoff return yeah. it's just it's a
3: backbreaker oh it's just a killer yeah that, that was a shame Illinois is ahead ten to
2: nothing Tanner Morgan from Minnesota, also a co-offensive player of the week, 23 of 26 with 268 yards, three touchdowns. that's scary.
3: That's Mm -hmm. scary because if he can complete passes, they'll win games. Minnesota, you know, I don't think that they're passing. I don't think that Tanner Morgan has been that good. He's a good, solid veteran quarterback.
2: Ohio State, linebacker Tommy Eichenberg gets a co-defensive player of the week as well. And Ohio State, of course, beat Wisconsin 52-21. So there's some of what's coming up. Minnesota looks to be a little bit of the favorite here in the Big Ten West. I wouldn't count out Wisconsin or Iowa yet. And, hey, Illinois, I'm not here to tell you they're going to win the Big Ten West. I'm here to say can't count
3: them out. Well, You can't count anybody out yet. Well, I might count out Northwestern. Uh, Well, Wisconsin, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Northwestern and Nebraska you can count out, I guess. I'm willing
2: to go out on a limb.
3: The loss to Indiana is going to hurt. News is brought to
2: you by OSF Cardiovascular Institute. Your heart is our mission. Learn more at beat. Final couple of segments of Monday Morning Quarterbacking after this.
3: Join us following Saturday sports talk at nine o'clock. Illini game day on Saturday from Camp Randall Stadium. Eleven o'clock kick. Illinois and Wisconsin. Big Ten football.
2: Monday boarding quarterbacks. A couple more chances here. If you want to weigh in on anything uh, sports related tomorrow, Brian is in. He'll have a shorter show on the money at ten a.m. tomorrow. So open line in the first hour.
3: I've got my five things that I've learned about Illinois basketball since in the last three months. Okay, two months, whatever. Okay, you
2: ready? How did you get? How'd you get all the way to five?
3: Well, I, okay, I, maybe I maybe that's too many. I've learned uh, number 1 that Sky Clark is the only natural point guard on the team. Okay? And he will be the starting point guard as a result. Now the question is who is the number 2? This is something I've learned. They're going to throw Rodgers in there. I think I'm not surprised. They see Epps as purely a as purely as as, as a shooting guard. As a 2. And a really good one. We okay. like him a lot, but Rodgers is is the best of the playmaking ball handlers, and he's a play. Well, he'd be a perfect playmaking wing, in my opinion, in the fact that he can dribble, he can set up other people. But he's not exactly. He's six seven, six 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 seven. I mean, that's big for a point guard. I mean, it's okay. I mean, you can do it, but I don't know that he's he's a, that'd be a natural for him, but he can do it. The second thing I've learned is that Coleman Hawkins really is going to play center, and he and Dane Danger are going to share the position. Okay, and, and we knew Dane Danger was going to be a center, but it's Col- still a stretch for me to see Coleman Hawkins playing defense as a center. And offensively, he won't play a center necessarily either. He'll be This will be a five-man rotation. I mean, this will be five guys moving around and oh, force, yeah. force the opposing center to guard on the perimeter. Now, I'm told... And I won't believe it till I see it, that his shooting has really improved. Is that the fourth thing, or still part of the third? Oh, I don't know. I've well, lost said count. Five things. Here. Well,
2: okay. But, we uh, said Sky. Just but, to recap, the five things Lawrence learned: Sky well, Clark's I'm the I'm primary point guard. Stuff out. And number two, Jaden Eds. And, uh, is be a uh, well, guard.
3: one of the things I've learned is that uh, Shannon's going to lead the team in nil money. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you want you want to argue with that? No. Nope. Also, lead him in scoring. Okay. Now, that's and, I think that, that's a good that's guess. That's not something I've learned because he hadn't done it yet. <laughs> But I think that he is a leading candidate to he's a, he's likely to lead the team in scoring if he stays healthy and and plays the way I expect him to but but
2: I don't is it fair to say I don't know that he's going to be the dominant scorer?
3: No, I don't think they're going to have a 20 point score yeah and and i I think it's going to, the the scoring's going to be more balanced than than we've seen. I think uh, with Melendez stepping in there Meyer, Meyer's going to step in there Goody's going to get his chance to play. You know, Coach is going to play 8-9 at least, uh, and Goody's going to be a part of that. But I don't think Goody will start. I, I, I see a lineup without him in the starting lineup because I think Meyer and Shannon have to be in the lineup. Uh, Coleman Hawkins has to be in the lineup. Clark has to be in the lineup. Now there's another spot open. Is that Melendez? Is that Goody? Uh, who is it?
2: You haven't learned that one yet.
3: Well, no, I think that, I think that we might not know that for a month. Mm-hmm. Or maybe longer. Today is the
2: first day of practice. Um, and it used to be this is, that everybody this, could could start at a certain time yeah. at midnight. And there used to be the events called Midnight Madness or what have you. To, and we'd all be out there. Yeah, to watch with the first fans and everything. official practice. Yeah, And then I think they started uh, allowing it to be a little bit earlier in the evening so it wasn't at a stupid hour at midnight. And then they started to say you can start practice when you want within a certain window and you're only allowed so many practices in a certain window mm-hmm. so the everybody's going to start at the same time same day thing kind of went away um and uh, some of us were talking about this that you know those events were were fun um they're but i don't i don't know that illinois needs it to build hype they just sold out their student uh, section and Less time than this segment is. <laughs> Here,
3: here's the question. Can you bring together a player from, let's say, Texas Tech, or, or let's say, Baylor, or let's say, high school, or let's say, a freshman that didn't play much like Melendez? Can you bring all these guys together, all good players, can you bring together and have a cohesive team? Dane Danger hasn't played basketball for two years. Can well, see he this be effective is a... of coming off the bench and, and playing the center position because you know if, if Coleman Hawkins plays defensive center, there will be teams against whom he will get fouls oh okay. he he's going to have trouble against Michigan and Indiana, particularly because they got great centers that can score against anybody
2: so this is on the list of things you haven't learned yet <laughs> <laughs> there's a whole bunch
3: of those <laughs> well i I want to reiterate that i this is what I've learned. And haven't seen a single thing. Yeah. this is what I, These are the things I've learned from talking to people.
2: It also makes sense, given how they've talked about the players and what you, we've known about the players, mm-hmm. that Sky Clark is a point guard. Mm-hmm. He's a freshman, though. Mm-hmm. Ty Rogers, he can distribute. We saw that in USA Basketball when he was mm-hmm. playing. But he's a freshman, mm-hmm. and a freshman Opinion. hopping between roles, between the wing and the point, and just getting adjusted to it all – How's oh that going to happen? Oh boy. How do you, how much do you need him to learn one thing and learn it well versus several things?
3: In the schedule, Illinois has got really easy games at home and really tough games on away from home. Mm-hmm. Early. Mhm. We're not talking about Big 10 games. We're talking about all the other all the non-conference games.
2: As the Big 10 schedule lays out, it might be a softer schedule as as it lays out. On paper, without seeing everything, and I'm just... yeah. It's, a, it's a meaningless comment.
3: That's, that's assuming we know what the other teams are going to be about. That, that's what know? I'm saying. I, how good is Purdue going to be? I mean, they're...
2: Right. As you put it in your column yesterday, let's go out into the shaky limb of predictions. You know, that's... <laughs> you know, it's... It, but... We'll Just see. based on what you know.
3: <laughs> that's, that's the two words they're not allowed to say. <laughs>
2: we'll see. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll do our uh, our final segment here. We're going to hear from Brad Underwood today at the media session. You'll probably hear some comments throughout the week on what he has to say as practice gets going. Tonight, this afternoon, that is, sports talk at 4 o'clock. Evan and I will have you for the first hour, second hour, with Steve Kelly and the News Gazette sports writers at the Esquire Head coach of wrestling, Mike Poeta, assistant coach and former Illini star, Isaiah Martinez, will be in person. A lot to grapple with there, will not you say?
3: <laughs> a lot to grapple
2: with, yes. All right. We'll grapple for the rest of the hour in just a moment. Catch the News Gazette's Pigskin Picks Football Contest powered by the Alana Union Bookstore. Get your official game card in the News Gazette print edition each day during the season and choose the exact final score for each team in that week's matchup. A winning official card gets a $300 prize pack made up of cold hard cash and a gift card to the Alana Union Bookstore. If no one guesses correctly, the prize rolls over to the next week. Official game cards must be turned in to play at the News Gazette office or the Alana Union Bookstore by each week's deadline. See official game card for full contest details. Thanks to Adam Austin on our production side of this show. A penny for your thoughts. Monday morning quarterbacks. Scott in for Brian. And it's brought to you by Berkey's on High Cross Road in Urbana, your local Kubota dealer. All right, Lauren. We solved a lot of the world's problems today. We talked about the Central High School football game. Nice day for them despite the outcome. Volleyball off to a 2-0 start. Chris Thomas joined us today. You were at the Bears game yesterday, and uh, I'm sure you came away feeling, by the way, that Soldier Field should never move, that it's very convenient to get there.
3: <laughs> There's no place in Chicago that's convenient to get there for a Bear game. It's just going to be – the traffic's impossible regardless. You know what's great that's about Soldier – a lot of people in a small area. You know
2: what's great about Soldier Field? Those shots they show overhead on the lakefront on a nice day and a football game on TV. That's about it. Oh, what a nice place on the lakefront. Goodbye. Let's move it. Make it convenient. Make it a nice stadium. Um, There were a lot of close games in NFL yesterday. By the way, we saw two safeties. If you watched, you didn't, if you watched the Bears beat the Texans, they immediately shifted to Miami and Buffalo down in Miami Mm -hmm. because that game was coming up on the end, and we watched live the butt punt. Did you see that? I saw the picture of it. The It's almost an optical illusion, yeah, it, it is. It looked like the punter just punted it backwards. and had a baby. <laughs> a baby football.) <laughs> <laughs> I thought you meant had a baby on the field. <laughs> uh, so a backwards punt off the rump of his teammate mm-hmm. for a safety, but Miami still wins it because Buffalo could not get gathered after they advanced the ball down the field, they needed one more down to spike and try a field goal.
3: Well, they, they sure looked slow getting together there.
2: And then, did you see the the image of the offensive coordinator for Buffalo? Yes, I did. Throwing everything in the box. He threw
3: everything he could, reach, everything he could get his hands on. And then
2: somebody covered that camera
3: right away, realizing, they, yeah. Well, We saw enough, didn't we? Mm-hmm. And Here. then,
2: as soon as that was done, they switched to Indianapolis and Kansas City. And we caught the very end of Indianapolis surviving uh, because Kansas City and Mahomes had the ball and they, they caused a turnover at the end. But Mahomes had a few ticks to try and get into field goal range. And Indianapolis intercepted it, as I recall, and, and sealed the game. And Matt Ryan, what do you know? An old guy still can do something once in a while.
3: And then Tom Brady marches his team all the way. All the way down, and they get the touchdown and need a two-point conversion, and it takes too much time to set up the two-point play. The clock ran out. It, was, it really did run out, and they, they get a five-yard penalty. Now they got to go in from the eight, mm-hmm. and they got the pass deflected. So that was fun
2: yesterday in the NFL. And Then, of course, the college football scene over the weekend. Minnesota looked very strong against Michigan State. Iowa beat Rutgers. Are, are they vulnerable enough in the Big Ten West?
3: Well, they're awful good defensively, and they'll yeah. get better offensively. I Iowa is a dangerous team. They won the Big Ten last year for a reason. They played good, tough, hard football. Purdue
2: just squeaked by. FAU. Yeah, that, they were supposed. They were a dark
3: horse they candidate. They're impressive. So those were all. But they get the quarterback back maybe this week. I don't know that for sure. I don't think the coach knows for sure. Yeah. And Albert
2: Pujols hit 700 home runs, not in one game, but he hit his 700th. Uh, what was that, Friday? And uh, what a great moment. Back-to-back
3: back uh, homers in the third and fourth innings. Yeah,
2: he hit two in one game. Yeah. And then Aaron Judge last night was due up. He had hit a big double. He had hit a long fly. That's a
3: lot of pressure on a guy to hit a home run, doesn't it? You're,
2: he's feeling the pressure clearly. Barry Bonds was on TV last night and said, Getting to 61 is the hard part. Once he does that, watch him hit five more. Mm-hmm. So, uh, But Aaron Judge was due up rain delay, and then they called the game after six.
3: Well, pitchers aren't going to give you, you know, if they can, they're going to keep that ball away from him as much as possible. Brian is back tomorrow for an hour of open line, so join him
2: then, and then there's On the Money tomorrow. Today I'm back at four with Evan for Sports Talk Sports talk at the Esquire at 5 o'clock with the News Gazette sports writers, And that's part of this busy week. Coach Bielma's show on Wednesday night, Prep Football Confidential on Wednesday night, all leading up to a busy weekend of football later on and volleyball as well. Fun to do this as always, sir. Okay. Appreciate it. That's Lauren Tate. I'm Scott Beatty. Thanks to Adam Austin. This is News Talk 1400, 93.9 FM, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana.